0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of SDM's Wild World. I'm your host, Ilan Martinez. And for this episode of our podcast, it's kind of a throwback to an interview I did with Alejandro Del Mazo, the former head of CONAP. Uh, we were on a dive trip together in the Ria Vieja Gijedos Islands, uh, what divers know it as Socorro Islands. And we talked about his work while he was the head of CONAP protecting the oceans of Mexico. Hope you enjoy. Three, two, one, one.
1: Welcome to SDM's Wild World.
0: everything I'm going to kind of put it more towards you so get some more direction on Mike Uh, cool man yep so um, yeah so I'm sitting here with I want
1: to
0: make sure I pronounce your so I'm sitting here with Alejandro del Mazo the former head of CONAP and Probably one of the coolest guys I've met in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Tua. And just to give you guys a, a brief description of where we're sitting, because this is uh, going to be in a podcast, so they may not not everybody m- may be able to see what we're seeing. But okay. we're sitting out outside of um, we're in Socorro, well, the Ria Villa Gijedos, uh which is um, one of Mexico's uh, jewels. It's uh, they're I guess considered their uh, Mexico's Guata- uh, Galapagos Islands. For so, sure. Yeah. Yeah and uh, just we spent a week diving here which was amazing we've had manatees, we've had a bunch of different species of sharks um, we've uh, seen we had whale shark we've had a lot of dolphins and it's just been uh, a lot of amazing places a lot of amazing dives we visited three different islands while we were here and uh, we would have been at, uh, spent most of our time at Roca Partida but because of the weather we weren't, be, we weren't able to stay there very long, so we are only able to hang out there for a day, but uh, yeah, it's great to hang out with you, man. And, uh,
1: for sure, I mean, we're in a place that is full of uh, marine life, and it's uh, like the Galapagos of uh, Mexico, it's, it has uh, almost uh, all of the big, pelagic life, and it's a great place for be to be here, I mean, you feel the energy, you feel you feel the marine life. You feel we're very fortunate to be here.
0: Absolutely, yeah. This is our last day. We did our last dive a little while ago, and and uh, now it's just drinking a couple of beers and enjoying the, the last our our last day here before we start heading back, and then we head back tonight. And um, yeah, man, it's just a just an amazing week. So for for um, for our listeners who don't know who you are, tell tell me a little bit about yourself. What it, you know as far as you were former head of CONAP.
1: Yeah, well, I've had the the opportunity to be the head of all the protected areas of uh, Mexico. Uh, We have 182 protected areas. And uh, what's very interesting is that uh, just before before we came out, uh, on the last administration, uh, we really took very seriously the protection that needed to be done in the marine life i mean uh, we need to take a, our, our marine life to take our ocean more seriously and that's what we tried to do the last administration that's why we established new protected areas one of them uh, i would say the most important uh, marine protection that we established was in fact here the these uh, natural park uh, protected area, uh, Archipelago de Revilla Quijedo. These are four volcanic islands that uh, well establish a marine corridor for a big pelagic uh, marine life like uh, sharks, well we have one of the experts here, sharks, uh, mantas, so we needed to increase the protection of this area, because there were uh, a lot of uh, tuna fishing industry that came around this a- this area, and that did started to make uh, quite an impact. And this has to be protected. I mean, this is not only because of the commitment of Mexico, but this is a commitment that we humans have to what we've taken out of the ocean. So we have give back what we've been taking for so many years and uh, we need to have a balance and here there are some uh, species that can now have a sanctuary.
0: That's awesome I mean, I mean, that, and that's so important you know you guys you hit it on the, on the nail because I've been coming out here for quite a few years and, and one of the things that we did see like when we were coming into the area you'd see the, the illegal fishing boats leaving the area mostly at night um but still i mean it, it they were they're in long enough and even one boat can, can totally destroy the area so i mean it, it is a it is a precious resource and, and it does and these animals and this place deserves to to be protected as much as it can
1: totally and uh, i mean uh, the divers that are maybe hearing us or watching us they can in a few years like uh, see the difference between where it wasn't so protected and now that this is protected, I mean the, the biomass, the number of species, they should increase, they should go up, and that's something that's going to be very interesting to see the numbers now that it is uh, fully protected. Before there was some kind of uh, fishing allowed, sport fishing also allowed. Uh, now it is fully protected, there is no take zone in uh, all the protected area of Berre of that is the biggest of north america
0: really so there was so fishing was allowed before
1: it was allowed it was allowed the sport fishing was allowed in some areas of the protected area that was before around the Four island there were uh, 12 uh, nautical miles that were protected Uh, but now it's 14.8 million hectares uh, square kilometers Sorry, that are protected uh, around the uh, Rio. Wow! Uh,
0: so this is this is actually this is during your term that this happened that this all this.
1: Uh, yeah, this was recently in 2017, November 2017. It's where uh, when President uh, Peña Nieto signed the this protected area, and these are something that uh, presidents leave uh, like their uh, the biggest achievement. The legacy that a president can give is uh, something that is protected uh, far beyond when they are still with us. I mean, we had the responsibility to take care of these special places that different presidents uh, have been uh, establishing as uh, protected areas that needed to be protected long after they were here, long after. We are here. These should be a protected area.
0: That's awesome. Man. Talk, tell me a little bit. Oh, there's also something else that, that I think it happened during uh, your term, which is the uh, the yeah, which is the the four months where no shark fishing is allowed, and in, insert like like in areas like Baja. I'm not sure how long that's actually been going on, but I know that there's there's a period where shark fishermen are not allowed. It's a no take time period. What tell what can you talk a little bit about
1: that? Well, that that depends more on uh, not the minister of the environment, but it depends of the fishery, okay. of the fisheries, fisheries in Mexico. Okay, the okay, fisheries okay. are the ones that uh, try to establish the season when they can take uh, sharks or uh, different species in uh, in a year. But uh, hopefully, uh, I mean the shark fishing industry would come to an end i think in this 21st century there's no more reason to be taking out sharks those are the protectors those are the protectors of the ocean those are i mean those are magnificent species that shouldn't be fished. Uh, fish as now this uh this scene this very bad sea uh, like someone taking out maybe a turtle or a whale or something like that, there should also be no shark fishing, and that's something that we started the last administration. We started to uh, protect some areas, like in the Caribe for uh, where we established so no takes, no no fishing, no shark fishing in those in those areas. That's right. So
0: you're talking like places like uh, Playa. It, it was that was that I know that it, it wasn't um, that's just something that was ongoing you know the, 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 the fight to protect the sharks in that area like the you know because it was so important not obviously the sharks are important but it was also important to the people of that area for the eco tourism I mean it meant a lot of money for these people meant a lot of uh, opportunities a lot of jobs for the locals um, I mean it was just that time period that, that the sharks visit the area extremely important season to these people
1: especially for sure that's something that uh, has been going on for a while and it's, it's something that uh, the the fishermen are starting to to notice that sharks are more valuable uh, to lead them in the ocean and to try to take a uh, tourism to so that they can they uh, you can watch them uh, in their natural habitat other than take him out and uh, just uh, having some uh, small amount uh, for the sharks. So that's something that is permitted, that has been going on for a while, and that is very good established, the way that uh, they take you into uh, an experience where you can have uh, a bull shark very close to you, and you see that that's not the the animal that uh, in some uh, movies like Jaws or something, that's not the, the, the big, uh, you know bad animal that wants to wants to do you harm. We are the ones that have been doing harm to the sharks, to the environment, to our ocean for a long time. So it's time to take action. So it's time to give back what we, we've taken from the ocean. And the way to do that is for people to get to know what's What's underneath? What's uh, in the ocean? What's underneath the ocean? What's underwater? And that's why it's such a privilege also to be talking to Eli. Uh, he's has being doing uh, ocean conservation, shark conservation, shark education, and taking so much tourists tourists to to see the, the the great tiger shark. And that's something I'm hoping to to go with him soon soon enough.
0: I'm looking forward to that, man. I can't wait to show you and see these sharks. Especially after seeing you in the water, you're like a, like a kid in a candy store. You're down there and, and uh, it, yeah. it's just, that, that's been a privilege just watching that. Um, one of the, yeah, that, that's, uh, you know, the, the ecotourism part is, is so important. And, and what, what I like about, about what, you know, you, your time that when you are in office is because you're a water guy. And that you know that makes all the difference in the world as to where you put your a lot of your importance and a lot of where your passion is, is that you know that helped you know push through a lot of the the ocean protection that happened because you know I mean you were like we were talking we were talking earlier about the new president who's more uh he's more of a birder more of a bird guy and and so you're they're gonna I think during his term we're gonna see a lot more protection happening for for land conservation and for things you know, for more jungles and more, more environments where where he's passionate about, so, that, you know, those become, you know, and in, in essence they become your pet project, whether you whether you think they are or not, you know, but all of a sudden, you know, you just, you, know, uh, you just, you find yourself in love with something and then it's just, it's so much easier for you to push the agenda versus things you're not as passionate about. So it was really good time for, for the ocean when, when it was your turn. That, that you know a lot of these things happen for the ocean and especially like here
1: at the Viejo Well, thank you. I just feel uh, fortunate that I had the opportunity to be in a, in a job where you can uh, make a little difference and also had the opportunity to talk to people that uh, really have been doing for a long time conservation and that had uh, had inspired a lot of people, a lot of us uh, I'm talking, for example, of uh, Sylvia oh, Earle. Yeah. Sylvia Earle, when I met that that uh, the amazing amazing woman that have been uh, around the world trying to establish these hope spots, uh, talk with her, uh, the passion that she inspires. It's something that is contagious, and so many many people that have been working in ocean conservation, in marine conservation, are really the ones that have. Uh, Also, how do you say, "contagiar"? That have been, yeah, that have been, that have, uh, I don't know, inspired me also to try to do something about about the ocean, about marine marine wildlife, marine conservation, and uh, Mexico is a country that has. a lot of uh, marine wildlife around, like for example, uh, maybe more than 90 percent of all the gray whales that exist around the around the world uh, have been born in Mexican waters, in I uh, en Guerrero Negro, in near in Baja. So we have uh, seven out of the seven. Uh, species of uh marine turtles that exist we have uh, a lot of uh, different species of shark we have this uh, where you can find a lot of a lot of uh, different species of uh, of sharks where we sometimes you can see also the humpback whale you can see the orcas you can see the false orcas you can see the mantas i mean uh, we were just talking the other day and uh to have the opportunity to be so close to a Manta, it's something that, uh, that really touches you. And that uh, when uh, you have that experience, I mean, you become a different person. You become, uh, you see everything with a different perspective. And that's what we would like to share with the people that are seeing this, with the people that are hearing us, uh, so that we all together uh, try to make a difference because we all can make a difference just by uh, trying to set up an example because we uh, now know that humankind is making an impact on the ocean as for example you all know the uh, the, the plastic what's doing to our species what's doing to our ocean uh, pollution and different problems that humankind has been uh, cussing to the ocean, and that's something that we need to be really aware of. Oh,
0: absolutely. I'm gonna, we're gonna pause for a second. It is cool, we, we pause. Yeah, we're gonna, They're right now they're loading the boats, and the boys are working, um, the pangas that were taking us diving, so I'm gonna pause this for a second, let them load them up so that we can, it'll get quiet again, and uh, we'll, we'll pick this up in a second. Perfect. And recording. Okay, sir. So, all right, we're back. The boys put all the the pangas away, which is uh, what we're using to dive on all week, and uh, now they cut off the machine so we can uh, start to keep chatting again. Uh, you know, I forgot to mention earlier a couple of things that um, I wanted to, to bring up. One is the boat we're on. We're on the uh, my buddy Jorge's brand new boat, the Vortex, mm-hmm. which is a luxury liveaboard, and and uh, it wouldn't be right if we didn't give him some for this amazing amazing vessel that he built
1: for sure That's I mean great. it is
0: absolutely gorgeous it's a, and, and Jorge is a, a, a shooter he's a photographer so when he built it he built it with photographers in mind and, and, it, and when when you when you come on a little board a lot of times um, there's not enough space for the cameras there's not enough charging stations for your cameras there's no, there's nowhere to put your cameras when you're done. So a lot of times when people are sitting around watching TV and they are in the galleys, your cameras are on the tables or under the tables or next to couches. They're getting banged around a little bit. Here, he thought of all that and, and uh, created cubby holes for everybody's camera. Big enough for cameras with strobes, big enough for the big red housings. I mean, it is a badass boat. It's the bathrooms, the beds. Everything. I mean, everything. He just thought it out well, man. So, mad props to Jorge. It's called the Vortex. Um, it's a Vortex little board, and it's just um, she's just a mean, mean dive vessel for sure. Yeah.
1: Thanks, Jorge, and also an excellent crew, uh, excellent guides. We have uh, there Diego, Aquaman, Jake, uh, and uh, Matias. Matias. And yeah. Matias, the My bro. excellent uh, dive masters.
0: Absolutely, man. The, the crew has been amazing. The food has been amazing. Our captain, I mean, we can't even say enough props for the captain of this. Not only is he the captain of this badass big vessel, um, but he was also captaining the pangas for us when we went out to dive every day. I'd see him in the kitchen washing dishes. I mean, the dude was just busting his ass. Like These guys really, really busted their ass on this. And it, 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 it showed. I mean, we had an amazing week.
1: The crew was just Phenomenal, just phenomenal. It's been an, an amazing an amazing trip uh, for everyone. Yep. Thank you. Cheers to that. Man. Cheers.
0: <laughs> so, all right, so we know, We, you know, um, tell me a little bit about, you know, Socorro, obviously you've got it protected. you got, got it listed with UNESCO, as far as at one of a um, World Heritage site. Or yeah,
1: that's, that's something that already, that uh, we did in 2016. So this is a Natural World Heritage. Uh, from UNESCO, uh, because of its uh, great importance for uh, marine wildlife. I mean, uh, these islands they have uh, great marine wildlife, but that's not all. There are some also important endemic species in the land in Socorro. That's the biggest uh, of these four islands in uh, Socorro, and there is also this active volcano. There are there are these uh, endemic birds there are some endemic uh, lizards uh, I mean you have uh, so much wildlife that n- it's not only underwater, but it's also above water on the island so uh, you have these amazing uh, Pacific Islands here in the island.
0: yeah and uh, they, 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 they put a couple of plaques underneath to kind of just uh, to honor this really important heritage site and I got to snap a couple of photos of you with uh, with these signs and you know you being instrumental and all that so that was pretty cool that was an honor for me just to be able to to know that you know I, I shot that photo with you in it with that you know around that, and that was pretty I'm cool. gonna
1: try to show that uh, photo to all people that I can I'm sure I'm gonna tell them that Eli is the one that, that, <laughs> that took it uh, because it's I think it's uh, there are no other place uh, world heritage that has a plague uh, underneath the water, so divers can go in and take a picture, and also get to know how, why is uh, that place so so important?
0: Yeah, that is cool, man. That's props to that.
1: So, in your in your term, I mean, what
0: that this was obviously one of your biggest. Uh, I guess uh, you know one of the things that you can look back and say, damn, I I, I was a part of that. Yeah, you know, sure. are there anything else there that, that you can say or like memorable or moments? Well,
1: that? this this is uh, far the the, the greatest. Uh, Achievement that we made uh, and I mean we because it's uh, a lot of people that we did this together that we uh, In the last administration and also some special scientists that used to work here. Uh, I mean to get a, a place to be inscribed as a world natural world heritage It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of studies. It takes a lot of uh, scientific work that has already been done here in Revejejedo. We have images of the bottom of Revejejedo for some endemic species. And uh, so we have a lot of work. It's uh, a lot of people that work together so that this could be uh, achieved, that it was described as a World Heritage. But what we also did is also in the Caribbean side. Uh, One other thing that we did is establish a big protected area all around uh, Cancun. Uh, there are some protected areas, but what we did is establish a big one all across uh, Cancun, that is more than uh, 5,000 square kilometers, also, uh, five million, so, sorry, four million square kilometers uh, around uh, Cancun. So we did establish that, and what we also did uh, near Revillaquiquedo, very near to Los Cabos, in La Paz, is established a sanctuary for the whale sharks. I mean, Mexico is also an important place for the whale sharks to gather. Uh, in La Paz, there are uh, almost uh, every time of the year. And in the, in the Caribbean, near Cancun, near uh, near Holbox, there are some special season that they gather a lot, uh, a big number of them but uh, between Mexico, between the Pacific, between the Caribbean, it's an important site also for the whale sharks. So that are some of the achievements that we made in marine conservation.
0: Yeah, and and when we were running Shark Diver Magazine still back back in the day, I published a photo, it was like a two-page spread, an aerial shot of the whale sharks off Isla, and there was, I counted, there was 300 whale sharks in this one photo.
1: 300
0: and that's that's not including all the sharks that are underneath it's not including all the sharks that are off on the peripherals mm-hmm. but just just in this one picture 300 whale sharks together that is just it's insane it's a large it's, a world's, it's the world's biggest aggregation of whale sharks in the world I think they talk about some place in Africa that's just like it or, or similar but I have yet to see anything come out of the area compared to what Isla has it's really special
1: for sure, you say it very clearly, and something that we have to work on is to establish the rules so that people can have this experience, this amazing experience, uh, without being invasive with uh, with this uh, with the whale shark. And also something that, uh, sadly, we we've seen is that sometimes the propellers do hit the whale yeah. sharks. So we try to establish you new know, rules as to the speed that boats uh, need to have, some uh, protection also for the propellers, uh, different kind of rules because it's a shame when you see these magnificent species and that it's uh, affected by a uh, propeller. Oh absolutely,
0: that. I mean they're surface, you know, they they feed mostly at the surface and, and yeah. you know, so coming in direct contact with motorboats all the time is is definitely taking its toll and you'll you see it you see it a lot of sharks and, and sadly it's that's just the dark reality and it's in there's when when I've always talked about it, I call it the double-edged sword of ecotourism it's damned if you do damned if you don't whereas you have this animal that that needs our protection because you know if you know if we weren't diving with it if if the they weren't making money off of them with ecotourism they're gonna maybe make money off of it with fishing mm-hmm. and so you know ecotourism is obviously the better option not only for the locals because it, it, it it's important to it's important to, to communities it's important to the I mean the island of Isla Mujeres has been transformed I mean it was already a tourist destination but this but the um, but the ecotourism that, that uh, of going to see the whale sharks has added more more money into this area and and definitely the locals are benefiting the restaurants the hotels airports uh the, the 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 tourist shops everybody benefits from ecotourism the bad part that i've always seen is that when you have too many boats you have too much you know and you have too many people that are changing the patterns of the whale shark or or uh the boats hitting the whale sharks or the the you know leaking oil from boats that that whale sharks are consuming, or plastics in the ocean. I mean we we are uh, we're we're so bad to to this beautiful beautiful animal that really truly doesn't deserve it. But you know at the same time, without ecotourism, I mean it's really hard to showcase how amazing these animals are.
1: For sure, there's a it's difficult always to to find the the right balance uh, between us. Uh, how many people can get to, to have this uh, kind of, uh, of experience uh, to be swimming with a, with a whale shark. But you have to establish uh, specific rules so to uh, try to protect him and also not being uh, invasive about the, about the behavior. Uh, for example, another thing that has happened in some places where you can swim with, uh, I don't know, sea lions, for example. Well, there are, we have reports and there has been accidents because people are being invasive and they don't know how to try to understand their behavior. For example, where there's a big male and you get very close to their females, well, they get angry. And sometimes they we've had accidents with people that come really, really close and do not understand the language that an animal uh, marine uh, mammal is giving to you as to back off a little this is my this is my home this is my territory this is my female so please back up so we need to try to uh, educate and uh, try to communicate that with the people that are doing this kind of, uh, of activity i mean with the whale shark it's a very, very peaceful animal. It's never going to, to uh, harm you, but we have to be very respectful about their behavior. Absolutely, I a thousand percent agree with that. You know, that's
0: uh, it's it's such a yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, it's 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 truly the gentle giant. I mean, there's. I don't think there's any more between the whale shark and the manta ray. I don't think there is a more peaceful animal on the planet. I mean, they are just. You know, they just want to eat, and they just want to go about their business. They want to be left alone, and you know, and and uh, such amazing, wow, that is sure. amazing animal.
1: They're just cruising around, and it's, it's an amazing. Another thing that uh, we also have in, in Mexico, and you can have the experience, it's that uh, every, every year, uh, the biggest animal that lives on the earth uh, visits uh, the Sea of Cortez in Loreto, these islands. And I mean the blue whale. The blue whale visits the Mexican coast mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, it's it's, a, it's another kind of experience, but you can be in a boat and just see the tail, this huge tail going, under, going underneath the water. I mean, it's something also incredible, amazing, and it's a great, great experience that also gets you an idea how small we are but how vulnerable these species are to uh, what we make and the uh, consequences of our actions can have.
0: Oh absolutely. My f- my first experience with uh, with the blue whale is actually there in Cabo San Lucas where we were out chumming for sharks, we saw a whale, like we thought we'd check and see what it w- what it is and turned out it was a blue whale and, and oh right.
1: man it was just Ah, I saw the, 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 photo, the, the, yeah, the photo, yeah, yeah, just, the just video. a big,
0: massive whale and this tiny little speck on the back, and that's me, and yeah, this wow. These guys are very
1: fortunate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, they're beautiful, they're beautiful, and I mean, it's amazing that you guys, I mean, Mexico really, I, I, it's, I, I, I travel here a lot, I don't real, you know, I didn't realize, you know, we, because we do, like, part of what we do is organize expeditions, and we travel all over the world for different species of animals. But the amount of time that I spend here in Mexico, just because of all the amazing wildlife that you guys have here from, um, you know, striped marlin hunting bait balls in November to the gray whales in March, um, white sharks in September, you know, whale sharks uh, during this time of year, socorro. I mean, you're talking about, when it comes to the ocean, you guys have amazing, amazing shit all over the world. I mean, all over, all over this country, uh, this beautiful country.
1: For sure, the other thing you, you mentioned uh, that the great white. I mean, uh, Guadalupe. It's uh, it's, uh, it's also an amazing place. Uh, it's almost I don't know if you agree, but it, maybe it's uh, the best place in the world to see, to have the experience, to be underwater with these uh, great sharks, uh, because the, the sea is so calm. You have great visibility. Uh, I don't know it's it's one of the most important of so uh, gatherings of uh, of great whites in the the world I think so I I, I, uh, I, I've always said if you want to see topside action you go
0: to South Africa if you want to see white sharks underwater you come to Mexico because I mean the water the visibility yeah I mean it's just crystal clear I mean over a hundred feet you got a lot of white sharks coming in and really thick heavy white sharks coming into the area I mean it, it's just a it's an awesome, awesome place. Now now that we're we're talking white sharks <laughs> let's talk about what me and all my buddies are always asking about, you know. I mean it's the you know, the why why is it why is there such rules between the cage and the cageless with the white sharks. I mean I have my own views about it, but you know, just curious of from Conaps idea of why they you know, why is it so protected.
1: Well we we uh we established some new rules about the cages and about uh, having this experience with the Great Whites because we, we had some uh, accidents uh, of the, where you could see the sharks actually getting into the cages because the space between bars was very big, was huge uh, so that the divers could take out their big cameras. Uh, But that was also uh, a space very, very big so that uh, some sharks did got into the cages. And uh, you had this video of a great white that became, was seen all over the world where uh, so people can see actually how this uh, great white got into the cage and then after he kind of uh, Managed to get out the, By the By, by the, the, top the bottom un- it, right No, it, it was by the By the, oh top. the top window It was by the top window But you could actually See a little blood Coming out of his um, How do you call the uh, but I guess oh, you're talking,
0: about, oh the, you're talking about the white shark? The white shark, I was sharks, talking yeah. about the diver. No, no. I was no. like, no, no, yeah, you can see the, I mean, obviously that she hurt. No, di- divers are a lot, yeah, but great yeah. whites, you have to protect <laughs> the whites. I mean, it <laughs> Oh, I, no, I agree, <laughs> I, I totally agree, but uh, what I was referring to was... The, the diver. The, the, diver, no, the actually, diver, he, the, he squeezed the underneath the bars on the bottom and, and, and snuck out yeah. of the cage, and, and but the white shark itself, she did get hurt just from because she was banging on the bars. I yeah. Because sharks can't swim backward; they can only swim forward. You say and so she, she had correctly. no choice but to continue Going once forward. When she got her, because she was a, there was a juvenile shark. Yeah, wasn't, it wasn't so. a full grown shark, it no, was a young, but, yeah. I, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm, it happened right before, so I'm guessing July, August time frame was it like when that. all the juvenile white sharks go to the area. Yeah. And so you have the younger sharks there, which are they're much smaller and, and obviously yeah they did have the bigger windows for the cameras which I loved by the way um, and then uh, <laughs> and then obviously this this young shark was able to squeeze into the bars and then she banged around and, and they opened up the top and she was able to get out and get away but you know that that was a yeah that
1: was yeah the diver nothing happened to the diver I mean uh, fortunately the, the diver got away mm-hmm. unharmed uh, but. Uh, you, uh, there's this thing that uh, you don't know what to expect of a white shark. I mean, um, you, you know very well the behavior of sharks. You know when you can get close to a shark and when a shark is saying...
0: Back off.
1: Back off a little. So, people that have this kind of experience... Uh, Well, they can get close to a white shark, but you cannot uh, open to every diver the opportunity to get into uh, swimming with sharks, with great whites, uh, without a cage, because there's a little risk. I mean, if you kind of behave as a bait, maybe, well, the shark could get confused and uh, we know that uh, they do not intend to harm us in any way, we are not in their diet, but uh, these great sharks are very big and they, can, they could get confused. So it was uh, the use of cages is to prevent any kind of accident or someone that hasn't had the experience or the ability to try to understand if there's not a good time to be swimming with sharks. We've had sea lions, uh, how do you call it, when they bite, uh, biting, some Uh tourists in uh, Spirit Santo.
0: Yeah.
1: We've had uh, like uh, eight or 10, accidents per year that people were beaten by By these sea lions lions. so i wouldn't want to imagine someone getting beaten by a (laughs) quiet shark (laughs) but i mean the the experts they surely they surely could be able to do some research and some to study the behavior of the great whites i totally agree
0: yeah, no, I mean, that, that's, uh, I mean, obviously that's the holy grail for, for any shark diver, you know, the, the Everest for any shark diver is, is you know, being a, an outside the cage with a white shark. I mean, it's, and, and really more, I, you know, I mean, because I've, I've, I've had the experience to, to, to be outside a cave with a white, and, and it's more, I mean, white sharks, actually, it's the worst thing you can do because the second you swim towards a white shark, they swim away. You know, that, that at least that's been my experience with these animals. And so, it, you know, you get a better experience if you're in the cage and you're not in your in one spot and the sharks actually will swim up to the cage, swim right in front of the cage, and you get all the opportunities to see it up close and see, you know, take photos of it. It's just more the, the illusion of having no bars in front of you that, that you know, that people are just excited about I mean, yeah you know and I and I'm one of them that, that get excited about that too but I I see I've always looked at at cages as the cages are there to protect the animals from people mm-hmm. you know that that's always kind of how I looked at it you know this is because you know again what you said there's going to be a lot of cowboys out there there's going to be a lot of people and if and could you imagine you know five or six people with cameras chasing after a white shark to try to get a photo of it, swimming after it, the shark is going to leave, probably never come back, and then, you know, you just, you, you just chase the animal away. It's, you know, it happens all the time with other species of sharks, I and mean, when we see it here, as soon as somebody sees uh, the, the scalloped hammerhead swimming, we all swim tw- towards it, and then all of a sudden those, those hammerheads are gone.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I feel like those cages are there more to protect white sharks from
1: us. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's, and, and it's an amazing experience. I mean, as, as you clearly said, uh, well, you have uh, almost uh, many hours that the sharks are around because you have uh, small baits of uh, tuna bait that is around there. And they love uh, they love tuna. They love this this kind of bait. So they swim around, they swim around. They pass, I don't know, very, very close to you. So you can have that great. Experience and I. Sometimes when I'm diving, I have to be honest. I'm the one that is chasing (laughs) the mantas, chasing the sharks. Uh, I don't. I don't do well.
0: uh. (laughs) Like I said, I was being polite. I said you're a kid in a candy store. (laughs) You need another beer? I'm gonna grab another beer real quick. I think it's. Uh, Did it just die? Yeah. yeah, that died. But this it's is this one's still good. Sorry, okay, right. okay. our GoPro died right now, but uh, we're gonna keep to this. Good. Yeah, we can still keep that right. one running. I'm just gonna grab another beer. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I got a couple more questions before I, end, before I turn loose and go to the party.
1: just make that here.
0: So, this has been, a, he went to, a, I think he said he had to go to the room real quick, but I think he went to go uh, to the bathroom, which is uh, natural after a couple of beers. Anyway, um, I'll just narrate a little bit while I wait for him to come back. This is actually a really fun interview. I I'm, I'm, uh, was super excited to meet Alex when, uh, when they told me he was going to be on the boat. I just, I, I, you know, automatically I was like, yeah, this is a badass opportunity for a podcast. Talk about you know some of the amazing work that that Conap has done for Mexico, um, you know that you know for the waters, for the flora and fauna, for you know just just the um you know I mean the protection that they're doing here. I mean yes, yes, there's still a lot that needs to be done. Yes, there's still uh, you know I mean there's there's a lot of uh, work for for certain species of animals, for the oceans. There's too much overfishing, but there's overfishing in every fucking in every country that um, that you visit I mean sadly there's just way way too much overfishing and and uh, but these guys are are doing it right or they've done you know like at least Alex what during his term did it right where they focused a lot on um, areas I mean you can't have obviously you can't just blanket the entire Mexican you know, waters and and you know would be nice but reality is People still need to eat, people still need to fish. And so uh, protecting certain areas um, is, is the right way to go about it, you know, and, and you know, that's what he's done. Got you a <laughs> So, you know, I, what we didn't talk about, tell, tell, tell us a little bit, you know, about CONAP. What is CONAP?
1: Well, CONAP is uh, the agency that is in charge of uh, all the protected areas in Mexico. It's, uh, we have uh, park rangers, in uh, the different uh, areas that, that we have. We have 182. It's almost uh, 13% of all the land in Mexico. 13 percent 13% of all the land wow. in Mexico is, uh, is protected. And 22 of the ocean. 22. But, but when uh, we started, uh, before this administration, uh, before I had the opportunity to arrive to CONAMP, it was only 4%.
0: Four percent. Four percent. We took it no from
1: four percent to twenty-two percent, so we made the uh, we made a big uh, <laughs> a Jesus big difference. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I had no idea. Was, wow. Yeah, it was That's a really? great, great, So great. I mean, you're
0: you're. Well, how, what what percentage is just 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 uh, this area right here? Oh yeah, look at about off yeah. in the distance. Uh, there's more tunas jumping and yeah. it looks like a bait ball way over there. I saw one earlier, but. It didn't form a bunch of tuna breaching.
1: That's the magic here. You never know what to expect, and know. suddenly something uh, goes above the water and it's a false orca or, a, mm. I don't know, different species. Yeah. You were saying something. Yeah.
0: So, so how much? Okay, so um, the Socorro, Socorro, how, how much is, what percentage is this alone?
1: Uh, this should be a lot because uh, this should be, let me see. This should be like... More than 5%? More than 5%, maybe this is... We have in total in Mexico, we have 90 uh, million uh, square kilometers. Okay. Not 90 million hectares, no, no. 90 million hectares, yeah, uh, of protected area. Mm-hmm. And we have, of those, 21 are uh, land so we have like 70 70 69 uh, million hectares that are of sea and those are 14 of them are of revia so we have like 14%. 20% yeah 14 no 14 million hectares oh, out million. of out so of out of 69 so, so it's more like 20% of all the, the marine protected areas that we have
0: Okay. Um, so, but twenty-two percent is the ocean. Uh, all the different parts. Twenty-two um, percent is the.
1: Of all the the, the marine. Uh,
0: marine protected areas.
1: The marine areas. The marine area that right. Mexico has. has. All the, the all the. All the different ones. Exactly. No. All the the the, the marine. Uh, area of Mexico that belongs to to Mexico, to Mexico the, the, I don't know what's its name in English but uh, yeah all the marines st- uh, area that belongs to Mexico 22% is uh, protected 30, 14% is the one that uh, uh, forty million hectares are the ones that uh, is okay, okay. Uh, still that's I mean
0: that's that's huge man that is that's really
1: that's amazing. That's a that's lot, amazing. that's a lot. And the last project that uh, we didn't get to, to finish was also to make uh, a, big, a big part of the Sea of Cortez a uh, protected area. We were in that, pro- in, that, uh, in that process, we were speaking with uh, the fisheries that are in the Sea of Cortez because as uh, jack Cousteau once uh, once said that's like the aquarium of the world the wild the, the, the wildlife that you have in the sea of cortez it's, it's, it's just uh, it's just amazing we have there the the vaquita we have oh. the totoava that that are these uh, endemic species uh, but we've seen that uh, fisheries there they're making uh, negative impact in marine wildlife Uh, we don't see anymore uh, the school of hammerhead sharks it used to be uh, like uh, the experience that divers can get in galapagos they could long time ago they could have uh, that kind of experience in the sea of cortez seeing those great schools of hammerheads that's something that sadly uh, doesn't happen anymore because they're taking out the sharks of the Sea of Cortez and that's making uh, a different uh, that's taking out the, the natural balance that was in that area. The number of sea lions has gone up because they now don't have any uh, sharks that I uh, well, to the be maco. aware of. The, yeah. the, the, well, the, the mako is oh. one of their
0: is a, is a predatory shark that preyed on, um, on uh, sea lions sea as lions. well. And so, yeah, when, when you got, you know, you take out the, the, the apex predators, yeah, you are going to see a growth of, of prey items, like turtles, sea lions, you know. Those exactly,
1: are- they are going up, and they are taking more uh, sardines out, so that's also making the, the, migratory, my, my, the migratory birds, and uh, they do not nest. If they, if they know, they're very intelligent, if they know, there, there is not enough food. There is not enough sardines. They then, then they won't nest. So we're seeing also a decrease of these uh, migratory birds in the Sea of Cortez, in the islands. That the number of them are uh, reducing because there's less and less sardines. There's less and less food uh, for these uh, for these birds also. Wow.
0: Yeah. I mean it. It's uh, shifting baselines and, 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 you know, ecosystems changing and, yeah, that's, uh, that's sadly, that's that's happening everywhere, not just, you know, not just in Mexico, you know, it, but it, it's it's happening all over the world, you yeah. know, where we're, man is changing everything, everywhere, and it's, it's, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, people like yourself that have made a major, major change and, and actually did something then you can act, look back at your life and say, "I did that. Wow! I mean, I you you affected change, and, and for that, you know, major, major, props to you for for uh, doing something that that is really going to impact for generations to come."
1: Oh, thank you. I mean, uh, this is an effort that has to uh, be be done by many people. That has we all can take action, and uh, we all can make a, a difference. I had the opportunity. Uh, when I was in uh, with these uh, great responsibilities, and uh, well, I, I took action, and I took the. the, the uh, I got inspired by the, the people that uh, have been working in the marine conservation for, for years, and uh, well, we have to just open our eyes and and see what we can do to try to protect this. This gorgeous ocean that we that we all share.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, I truly, truly appreciate you sitting down with me, and, and uh, you know, and, and uh, hopefully we can do this again. Hopefully, at least we can. Uh, go diving again because that was a lot of fun watching you in the water <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah he, he he laughed at me because uh i i did got out of air because uh, i wanted to, s- <laughs> to to stay down there i was i mean i wanted to stay there with the, the mantas with uh with the hammerheads and uh i ran out of air that yeah. that should have happened but unfortunately I, you know
0: did. And, I, and i didn't i didn't say anything i just i was trying to be respectful but it was it was fun to watch i was it was a you know the dive this morning we had an incredible dive this morning it was a lot of life we had a manta rays we had a cleaning station full of silver tip sharks and before i knew it i just turn around and i see you were banging into the rocks you're swimming underneath the manna <laughs> filming it you slam into the rocks and then after that shortly after i see you kind of with the with the dive master with Diego and, and you're breathing off and I'm like, oh I gotta go get a photo and yeah. uh, <laughs> that
1: was awesome.
0: <laughs> that was that was a that was a good time, man. I I I really, really uh, had a blast this morning with with those dives. It was a lot of fun.
1: No, no, it was we had great dives and uh, hoping to to see you soon there and to come to Berlin to be oh, with uh, with the Tiger Sharks yeah, there. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, definitely want to take you to Tiger Sharks, but before we call it um, I, I, I wanted to talk because you just got a new dive shop and, and let, let's talk about that because you know now that you're out, out of uh, the government uh, eyes you're uh, you're doing some private stuff and one of the first things you did was open up a dive shop let's tell me about yeah, it yeah
1: for sure something that, that I had the opportunity and that I just we just recently uh, opened is a diving center for the cenotes in Mexico we have these uh, large large uh, one of the largest uh caves that you can go into the cenotes in the Yucatan Peninsula and it's also a different experience but it's also amazing to, to, to be to be traveling in, this, in these cages underneath the water uh, there are some uh, I don't know uh, tools from Asian civilization that they used to live there uh, millions of years ago so you, you like to you kind of uh, enter uh, to be a, to be an explorer to be an explorer in this in these caves. So we open the Maya Blue Diving Center in uh, the Riviera in Cancun, and we hope t- uh, to have the opportunity to to I don't know. Uh, that you can visit us I'd there. I'd love
0: to. I would absolutely love to. Maya yeah.
1: Blue. We have Maya Blue. We have a dark zone that it's uh, for more experienced divers, and we also have the Bad House Cafe, so people can go there and uh, eat something good, then have a great experience, uh, getting uh, in this in Yucatan uh, cenotes, and once you get more advanced, you can go to the dark zone where you can do all kind of different courses
0: awesome, man. Well, I'm looking forward to that, and with that, we're going to uh, go downstairs and not be antisocial and join the party because we have a bunch of other divers there. Everybody is uh, celebrating our last day out here, and, and I just want to thank my guest, Alejandro, for uh, sharing some time with me and sharing time with you guys, and, and uh, thanks uh, thanks again for listening, and hope to see you guys on the next one. Or have you guys listen to the next one. Thanks, Alejandro.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you, Larry. Cheers, brother. Thank you.
0: Thank you guys for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, do me a favor and push like. We truly appreciate that. Or leave a comment. That would be even better. And if you haven't subscribed to our channel, please subscribe to it because we're bringing to you new episodes every week. Thanks for listening, guys.